especially, Lord willing, will be here this morning and tonight, as well as uh, next Lord's Day as well. We've been uh, on a series of messages, for those of you who may be visiting, on Isaiah chapter 9 throughout this Advent season. So this has formed our text over the last uh, several weeks, and we've broken it down. We've looked at the past, uh, the the background to to this passage, and uh, we've covered pretty much uh, one through the first part of chapter, or verse 6. This morning we pick it up at the phrase where, and his name shall be called Wonderful Consular. And then uh, in the week's services that follow, we'll go from there. Isaiah chapter 9, let us hear the breathed out word of God. But there will be no gloom for her who is in anguish. In the former time he brought into contempt the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the latter time he has made glorious the way of the sea, the land beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the nations. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. You have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as they are glad when they divide the spoil. The yoke of his burden and the staff of his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor. You have broken as on the day of Midian. For every boot of the tramping warrior in battle tumult and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born. To us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder and his name shall be called Wonderful Consular, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of His government and of peace, there will be no end. On the throne of David and over His kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts, will do this. As far the reading of God's word. Once again, bow in prayer. Father, we thank you for this child of promise that we read about so beautifully in Isaiah 9. And Lord, we pray that you would change our hearts and fill them with gratitude for the new life that we have in you, Lord. Move us to serve you and to shed light and hope and promise to those we encounter. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I want to look at two points from this passage. First of all, not to overlook the phrase found there in verse 6. And his name shall be called. Shall be called. And then secondly, we begin... This morning with, he'll be called Wonderful Consular. But he shall be called. There is a statement 
that God is making here through the prophet of certainty. It's not he might be called. It's not he possibly will be called. It's not, well, if things all work out according to plan, this is what we're going to do. No, it's a definite statement. It is decreed. It is declared. It is ordered by God himself. This comes as a command of the Lord of hosts. And he shall be called. This is the word of the Lord. It will happen. There is such certainty in that statement that I don't want us to just look past it. Yes, we're looking back on it and we can say, well, of course, Pastor Bob, of course that's true. We, we know it happened. We know that Jesus Christ was born in Bethlehem. We know it took place. Why are you making such a big deal of it? Because they didn't. Remember the circumstances under which this is written, in which this prophecy comes to them. It was a time of great uncertainty. It was a time of national upheaval. It is a time of religious decrease that the tribe of Judah has never known up to this point. They have a king who is so perverse who is so immoral, who is so idolatrous. He has closed down the temple and opened up shrines and temples to every other god that one could think of and involved himself in the horrific practices of that day. Who doesn't even want to listen to the word of the Lord when it's brought to him? He doesn't want even a sign from God. I could care less what God has to say. But it's not only in terms of religion and spirituality that this nation of Judah is in the midst of this great decline. It's in terms of its national security as well. The northern neighbor, Israel, along with Syria, is beginning to, to tramp. You can hear the war drums beginning to beat. And the question is, what are we going to do? How are we going to deal with this? Do we look to Egypt for help? Is that where we go? How, how are we going to solve our national dilemma on the foreign policy front? What are we going to do? This looks Hopeless. This is, this is impossible that we're going to get our way out of this. Things are not good. Things are not good. The righteous, the true believers, are but a remnant of the people. And here comes God through the prophet Isaiah prophesying... Oh, those of you who are in darkness, you shall be in great light. Why? Because there's going to come a time of great peace. There's going to come a time of great joy. How's that going to happen? For a child is going to be born. And he shall be called. 
See, in the midst of their lives, in the midst of the day-to-day situation in which they are facing, how would you take those words? And he shall be called. Would, would it meet with some scoffing? Yeah, right, sure. Yeah, that, that's likely to happen. Yeah, that, that's not what I'm seeing, God. I don't care how far out you play this in the distance, God. It doesn't look good. Would it, would it meet with that kind of scoffing, that kind of skepticism? Would it meet perhaps with some of the twisting of those words and taking the very word of God and, and to use our old Dutch phrase, sputten with it, to make light of it, to make a joke of it, to make a mockery of it? Draw cartoons of a little baby bringing peace. Yeah, right. Oh, there were plenty of those in the land of Judah, including their own king. Now, and he shall be called in their circumstance, in their situation, as anything but a certainty. But yet, it comes as certain because it comes from the mouth of the Lord. Perhaps we need to hear that. Perhaps as we think about the coming of Jesus Christ into this world, Bethlehem, and we read these wonderful words, he's going to be the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Maybe there's a little scoffing in our own hearts this year. Maybe there's a little bit of, yeah, right, sure, look around you, Bob. How can we say these things? Look around us. Maybe we need to hear again this word of God. And he shall be called. The prophecy is going to occur. It will take place. And it has taken place. And it continues to take place. So we as God's people would be wise to listen. Not only to what God has prophesied, but what God has done and is doing even today. Secondly, in regards to that phrase, he shall be called, the child will be born. It's going to take a while. There's going to be plenty of times in which the people who are even faithful are going to be looking around going, did God forget? Did God forget? I mean, now the Babylonians come and take us captive. Did God forget about his promise? Well, now we're dealing with Persians. Did God forget? Now we're dealing with Greeks. Did God forget? Now we're dealing with Romans. Did God forget? The status of Judah certainly is not going to grow and climb to some great levels. It's going to be pretty dark for a long period of time. Did God forget? Has God forgotten? I 
And yet we read in the book of Galatians, in the fullness of time, God brought forth this child. In the fullness of time. Even amidst their lack of hope, even in the midst of times of great discouragement and catastrophes and of slaughters and of forced rules, God did not forget. God had his timetable. God had his plan. God had his purpose in the fullness of time. God sent forth his son, born of a woman. Not only will the prophecy occur, but the child will be born. See, that's why for you and I, the celebration of the birth of Jesus ought to bring so much hope, so much assurance, so much comfort, so much joy, because we know the prophecy is fulfilled. We know the Savior is born. We know the King is reigning. And ruling in spite of that which we see around us. The word of God has been and is being fulfilled. What hope for today. What encouragement for tomorrow. And what assurance for all of eternity. He shall be called. Well, let's look secondly at that phrase, he shall be called. Once again, a reminder of the importance of a name. In the Old Testament, names carry a whole lot more significance than they do now. Now, generally, we pick a name sometimes because it sounds good, sometimes because somebody has been popular in the news, uh, sometimes because a family member in the past has has had it, or we just like how it blends with our last name, we don't give much thought to actually looking at the child, to holding the child, and saying, I see in this child this nature. I see in this child this character. I see in this child this personality. And therefore, I will call him. But you see, that's the way it worked in the Old Testament. A name wasn't wasn't just something you went into the baby book for under, well, what's under the M's? Oh, Mark. Yeah, let's take Mark. Matthew. I like Matthew. Yeah, that that has a nice ring to it. Right? Now, there's character involved here. And so, it was... Sometimes it's hard to distinguish between the name and the character. Jacob, the supplanter. Right? And that's the character of Jacob all over. The person was often named or was given a name based upon the nature and character That they were. So when we read, and he shall be called, it's because of the identity that the child already has. 
Not the identity the child will assume. Not the identity or the characteristic the child will take upon themselves. It is what the child already possesses. Because you see, God is describing his own son. God is describing the eternal son of God. He is describing the one he knows intimately, who is in a blessed union with the Holy Spirit. This is not God saying, I, I, I'm going to call him because I sure hope this child turns out to be a wonderful counselor. I sure hope he turns out to be mighty God. I sure hope this child turns out to be everlasting father. And man, I, I really hope, <coughs> pardon me, I really hope he's going to be the prince of peace. I hope things work out that way. No, God is describing the existence of his son, Christ, as he already is. That's why he's going to be called. He's going to be called that which by nature he already is. Think of this, right? Okay? Even if we were to pick a name for our children, we would be picking that name to hopefully match their personality and characteristics. But God knows this child. Because this child doesn't come into existence in Bethlehem on the day that he is born of the Virgin Mary or the day that the Holy Spirit comes upon her and life is within her womb. That isn't when this child begins its existence. This child has existed forever with the Father. And the Father knows. He is the wonderful Consular. He is the mighty God. He is the everlasting Father. He is the Prince of Peace. Secondly, just a quick comment about the list. Because some of you are, are probably looking at a version of the Bible. Okay? And, and I'm just going to point it out. Because some of you are going to come up to me afterwards otherwise and going to say, but Pastor Bob, there's a comma between wonderful and consular. And the answer is no, there isn't. No, there isn't. Okay? Every commentator I have come across who is based upon the versions that have the comma say, it shouldn't be there. Because... The Hebrew grammar puts the words together. The Hebrew grammar shows us four couplets. Wonderful Consular, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Is it, if, if you say, well, is the, the comma an error? I would say, no, it isn't. Not in the sense that you and I typically think of an error. Because the reason they put it in was to highlight the fact that he is wonderful. He is wonderful. He is glorious. 
but it is best for us to consider them together. He is wonderful as the Consular. He is wonderful in his work, in his role as the Consular. Now that having been said, then let's take a look at those two terms. He shall be called Wonderful Consular. Does the word wonderful mean here? It means astonishing. It means marvelous. It means set above the ordinary. It means to describe that which is not part of the created world. That it is lifted above, that it is elevated above. It is that which is truly, in terms of the proper use of the word, awesome. Because you see, nothing in creation is awesome. No basketball shot is awesome. Because it's all part of the world. The shot was based upon the laws of gravity. The amount of force exerted by the basketball player, the size of the hoop, the tra trajectory of the ball. It's not awesome. It's not something that is lifted above the ordinary. No, it's governed by the ordinary. Well, that car is awesome. No, it isn't. That car is part of the created world. It is part of metal or plastic put together. It is constructed and designed in such a way that it gives an appeal to the eye or it has a lot of horsepower so that it really fires down the road. Had a great experience Friday night. Okay? Going down Baldwin, there's this guy in his hot Mustang. Okay? Making all sorts of racket and so on. Okay? Okay? I didn't even have to race him. Okay? And every stoplight, right next to him. There he'd go. Meow! Next stoplight. Okay? There he was. Okay? Like, eh, my old traverse. Okay? Kept up with the guy at each stoplight. Because he had to stop because he got there so fast. But it's not awesome. Only that which is above creation. Only that which is elevated above the created world. That's what this word wonderful means. This child, this child who is to be born is to be that kind of awesome. The astonishing, the marvelous. If we go back to the book of Judges, chapter 13, verse 18. Just keep your finger here. Go back with me there a minute. Book of Judges, chapter 13, verse 18. We're dealing here in this passage with the birth of Samson. And you remember, uh, he's born to a, an older childless couple. And when he is, when the angel who is announcing this, okay, the angel of the Lord, note verse 18, and the angel of the Lord, Christ, that is, when he is asked what his name is, 
that, that this couple presses. Who, who is it that's speaking to us? And the angel of the Lord responds, why do you ask me my name? Look at the answer. Seeing it is wonderful. My name is above the ordinary. My name is outside of this creation. My name is marvelous. My name is awesome. Why do you ask my name? See, it is the Christ, the angel of the Lord, speaking to Manoah and saying, this is who I am. God now comes in Isaiah 9 and says, this child who is going to be born, he's going to be called wonderful. He's going to be awesome, marvelous, beyond human comprehension. He shall be called wonderful. Isaiah chapter 28, going back to the book of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 28, verse 29. We read the following. This also comes from the Lord of hosts. He is wonderful in counsel and excellent in wisdom. He is awesome. Is the Lord of hosts. He is awesome. He is wonderful. The fulfillment, go to the New Testament. When Jesus is speaking to the crowds, when Jesus is teaching, what becomes the reaction? And they marveled at his teaching because it was not like their teaching. Their teachers. It was lifted above. It was beyond. Over and over and over again. Matthew records it. Mark records it. Luke records it. John records it. And they were astonished at his words. They, were, they marveled at his teaching. Because they realized that what they were hearing from Jesus was above. It was marvelous. Awesome. He's the wonderful what? What is, what? what is he the wonderful of? He's the wonderful counselor. That word that is used there, counselor, is, is a particular word denoting a position of authority in an administration. You can go back through the Old Testament and you find these individuals, right? David's consular, right? We had the story a few weeks ago with Rehoboam and he had young consulars and he had older consulars who grew up with his father. The, these are positions. These are ranks that are given. These are positions of, of guidance. These are positions whereby you direct Positions that are granted to those of great wisdom. Who is the child to be born? He's the wonderful counselor. The one who is awesome in his wisdom. Above all and anything. 
that humanity can give. If you're back in Isaiah chapter 9, flip over to chapter 11. There shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, and a branch from his roots shall bear fruit. And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. Who is this child? This one that's going to come into this world, that's going to be born of a virgin? He's the wonderful counsel. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 about the the wisdom of God is in the person of Christ. Christ is the wisdom of God. Think when we talked a few weeks ago about the, the attributes of God and that God is wise. There's nothing he doesn't know. There's nothing he doesn't perceive. This child who's going to come and rule is the wonderful counselor. He needs no counselor to advise him for he is the counselor whose wisdom is above all things. And he promised to his disciples, he promised to every believer, I'm going, I'm going to leave, but I'm going to send you the Consular to dwell in you, to be with you. What an amazing thing this is. God sends into this world his son who is the wonderful consular. Think of the things that Jesus has said. Come unto me all ye that are that labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Now think what that is. It's not just advice. Right? That, that, that's, that's not just a suggestion. That is wisdom. Wonderful wisdom. Wisdom that is marvelous, that is great. What do you do with that wisdom? What do you do with the, come unto me, all ye that labor? Well, no, I'm going to find it some other place. No, I'm, I'm going to look for that somewhere else. I got lots of problems, man, and Christ isn't going to solve any one of them. Really? You're, you're turning your back. You're, you're going to turn away from the one who is the wonderful consular for the advice of some creature in this world? 
take my yoke upon you and learn of me. No, Jesus, don't really have time for your wonderful counsel because i got to look at my phone. I've got to see what other people are advising. i got to see what other people think. i got to get other people's ideas. I don't have time for you. I don't have time for the wonderful counsel that you bring. Now, i got to find out what Fox News is saying. Boy, yeah. Or i got to find out what's the newest thing on TikTok. Yeah, that's where life is. Not here. Oh, i got to see what's going on on Facebook. My friends, take a moment. Think about this. It, it applies to all of us differently. How much time do you spend going through news articles or watching news or listening to news as compared to the wonderful console? How much time do you spend on social media sites, which is just people ranting, ranting, while they're talking about Jesus? Yes, they're talking about Jesus. He speaks here. This, this is the wonderful console. I don't care what website. I don't care what person. They are not called in the word the wonderful consular. Only one is Jesus Christ. The word. The word. This is what we have. This is the gift of God in Bethlehem. He gave us the wonderful consular. How much time do we really spend listening to Him? How much time in the Word and how much time in the things of the world, in the ordinary, on this plane, when that which is available is the wonderful consular, that which is awesome wisdom, Jesus Christ. And he comes this morning. You want to hear the wisdom of the wonderful counselor today? Take and eat. Remember, believe. Take, drink. Remember, believe. This is what our wonderful counselor speaks to us today. That through my death, your sin is covered. That's an out of the world, out of this world. This is the wisdom from beyond that comes to us in the person of Jesus Christ, the child. 
born in Bethlehem. Father, help us to listen. Help us to have hearts that desire to hear the word of our wonderful counselor, Jesus Christ. And as we hear those words today, may our hearts be assured, be comforted, and be given hope. For he is our Savior, and he is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. May we, Father, invest into the wisdom of our wonderful Consular. In his name we pray and God's people say, Amen.